Hello, everyone, and thank you for the download. It's Wednesday, April 19th, I think. 18th, 19th, some, sometime that week, and this is episode 57 of the Marty Called Podcast. I'm Tim Grassy, and today I'm joined by my co-host, Skipper Ben. How's it going, Ben? I often drink just to get through the show, uh, but tonight is also the start of the NHL playoffs, so if you hear any just random screams and yells, it's because my team scored and I'm not paying attention to anything Josh and Tim are saying. Makes sense. And uh, speaking of Josh, uh, the Sultan of Saki, who do you think you are? I am. What's up, Josh? Oh, that was a great bowling reference. I appreciate that. Pete, Pete Weber, Weber baby. for the win. There's <laughs> no Mookie Betts. He is no Mookie Betts. Welcome back to the show, Josh. Long time no talk. Hey, hey Josh. where have you guys been? I've recorded nine episodes uh, since you've been gone. It just turns out that I was talking into an uh, empty paper towel tube the whole time. I never got your uh, separate audio file, so it wasn't included in our prior shows. <laughs> That's prob- you probably saved my job. Thank you. <laughs> That's probably fair. It's good to be back. Yeah, it's good Is to it? have you back. Are, are we done hugging each other? No, right. I, I still want to, you know, just a little more canoodling before we begin. Really, what's happened over the last couple of, uh, really the last couple of weeks, but over the last couple of months, well, I'll just say the last couple of weeks, and uh, uh, Ben and I have been annoying Josh with chat GPT fake press releases, and he doesn't <laughs> want to talk to us, so that's why we haven't recorded. I actually had to change my phone number. <laughs> Wouldn't be the first time you've done that to us. <laughs> we we actually did start a separate text thread because we were worried about you getting pissed off at us, so the, what, however many that we sent to you, it's like double what's actually been done. <laughs> I actually find the shit that the robot generates to be far less offensive than the crap that was written by you two. So you, well, you might have I, read I, the situation I, wrong. I think the uh, the linchpin might have been uh, the most recent one that I sent out, which was a press release from uh, Dr. Dre announcing his new vegetable company, Beats by Dre. I think you I actually that thought point. that was great. <laughs> <laughs> Identity theft is not a joke, Tim. <laughs> so uh, there's the uh, occasional Disney news since we last recorded. Uh, there's a pissing match between Disney and Ron DeSantis. Uh, I think the we're not really a news show, and this is something I don't. We're just going to be annoyed. Uh, I think the takeaway here is Disney isn't going to go down without a fight, and neither is DeSantis. So we're in for a long, a long battle that will be public, and it will be delightfully stupid. Maybe not delightfully stupid, but it'll definitely be stupid. So, I don't know that we're going to harp too much on that unless you guys have anything you want to add. I have nothing that I want to add. Go get your political podcast from Len and Jim. <laughs> and more to the point, uh, listen to their podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Beyond that, uh, there have been rumors of uh, basically what was announced at the D23 Expo last September, uh, which was expansion of the Magic Kingdom beyond Big Thunder Mountain. But it is centered around Tiana's Bayou Adventure, and uh, a lot of that is pointing to a retheme of uh, obviously Splash Mountain, which has been announced. But Pecos Bill and uh, that that kind of main drag going from Liberty Square to Frontierland. So um, I don't know how you guys feel about New Orleans Square and Disneyland. Uh, for me personally, it is one of my favorite lands uh, of any theme park I've ever been into. Uh, this would be a different version of it, but uh, there's a lot of great food in that area and. I'm kind of done with Pecos Bill, so I would welcome a retheme, provided that some of those great food offerings in Disneyland find their way to, to Florida. So my issue with change is usually that what come the replacement is not as good as the original, mm-hmm. but there is such an opportunity to improve the food that if I have to take some uh, a couple hits on what I'm nostalgic for as a kid, and I'm not saying that's a particular area where I'm like Pecos Bills is what Pecos I think Bill of, what is I was a nostalgic for. thing. No, I get but, it. 
Yeah, it's cool, but it's not it's not pirates, right? Honestly, the food quality in in Florida is so bad that I would give up a lot in order for that to to improve because that's <laughs> kind of a real issue in my mind. I mean, they didn't give they didn't give us back what what we were nostalgic for though. Like the fixins bar is gone. Yeah, and it's never coming there. back. So if that's not coming back, uh, gut the place. I don't care. Uh, that's what I loved about it. And uh, you know, they've changed the menu like yearly over the last three years. Like every time you go in there, is it a barbecue place now? Is it a Mexican food place? They don't have any identity to, to what they're serving. It changes all the time. The thing that we all loved about it, it's gone. We're not getting the hot cheese dip back either. So, uh, you know, you want to, you want to make a place where I can get some uh, warm and fresh beignets while I'm in the park. I'm all for that. I love a good pair of beignet balls. <laughs> I don't believe that's what he's talking about. Oh. I, I uh, would be very surprised if that, uh, what is it called? The Westward Ho, whatever the thing that used to like be like the McDonald's fry cart. Mm-hmm. I would be very surprised if that wasn't just like a mint julep and beignet stand. If that's the only thing they do, that wouldn't surprise me at all. But I, I mean, a retheme of Pecos Bill makes a ton of sense, and especially if down the line they're going to go beyond Thunder Mountain and put in a cocoa section, you can put Mexican food there. That's not yeah. not a stretch there, you know, in the Mexico area. Is I thought the area behind Big Thunder Mountain though that's where they're going to put the new state penitentiary. That's true. Yeah, actually, that was that okay. was the plan. That was in the press conference today. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> there was we were talking about this beforehand. There was a great tweet that uh, you could repurpose the Galactic Star Cruiser as that state prison um, with minimal <laughs> with minimal aesthetic changes, and I think that's really the best of both worlds. So perhaps a compromise can be reached. I, I so. do think where we go back here though is. The big question is what they end up doing, like with Tom Sawyer Island, because yep. well, that's where you put the prison. I mean, already <laughs> if Alcatraz taught us anything, exactly. This you is know, a solved problem, ladies. If they were to do something with that piece of property, uh, and you know, I guess the rumors that came out this week is actually like taking that entire stretch. Uh, of the street, a uh, frontier land, which uh, honestly is just one side of the street. So the retheme over there to, to a French quarter uh, type setting isn't as extensive as we might think it is. But, you know, if they're going to, I think we all think something's going to happen with Tom Sawyer Island at some point, uh, yeah. considering why they're changing things in so many attractions right now, that, that property and that, that IP just calls for some kind of change at some point. If they were to just, leave it as is then then i think that would kind of conflict a lot with with a uh you know new orleans square on the other side of the street and then you've got this uh wilderness fort types type area but if they were to get rid of that and maybe retheme that i i don't know what they would do there but maybe that's where they start their expansion uh to get to the area behind big thunder mountain then i think the property that's currently what we we call frontierland now I don't think we would miss it as long as we got something to replace it uh, and maybe even, you know, improve on the idea. Because if you sit back and just think of what Frontierland is, it's not a lot, to be honest with you. Like, I mean, what, what's Frontierland in Disneyland right now? Isn't it just Thunder Mountain and Rancho Dos Ocala? That's so. it. Yeah. So, you know, you're not – this isn't – well, uh, well, I don't know. Is there – What about the Pirates shit river? Are we going to lose that? I, I mean, to be determined, but yeah. <laughs> so, but like going going down Adventureland, like that's a true land. You're surrounded on both sides uh, of a yeah. themed land. You go into Tomorrowland, same deal. You're surrounded by Tomorrowland. Frontierland is like half of half of a street is Frontierland. The other half is a Liberty Square that kind of goes into you know 
nothing else. It's 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 not as uh, big a piece of a land, and and like the the change actually probably makes sense to Disney to do something with because I think we all hear Frontierland, we love the idea of Frontierland, but when you sit back and actually look at what makes up Frontierland, especially if you're redoing Splash Mountain, there's not a whole lot extra there. Like there, this is an area that's ripe for change if they want to do yeah. it. So, I mean, they're not, they're not doing Western River Expedition. They're not doing some of their other prior frontier themed ideas. Um, so to Ben's point, with it not having much there other than Thunder Mountain, and don't get me wrong, I think Thunder Mountain, Thunder Mountain is probably my favorite roller coaster in the Magic Kingdom. I like it better than space. I haven't been on Tron. So, yeah. But there's always been a connection from Liberty Square to Frontier, uh, to Frontierland, basically going, uh, in chronological order and, uh, distance across the country. That was kind of the, uh, the theme. <laughs> we talk about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge, why you lock it into a timeline and the complexity of adding to that theme with another dimension of time. Uh, they did the same thing with Liberty Square and Frontierland. And I'm at the point now where removing that layer uh, in some way, shape, or form is probably necessary. And I had mm-hmm. thrown out the idea a while ago, and I've reiterated a few times, of taking back that theme to something that's a little bit more general. And the idea that I came up with was Riverfront Square and really just kind of harping on how America grew along the riverbanks. And it was largely the Mississippi River, but if you want to expand it and go further west, you can argue that there was expansion along the Colorado River as well, and that kind of puts Thunder Mountain as part of that loose theme. But really, I mean, it's a... That to me is a very Walt-compatible plan. Yeah, exactly. But again, if they were to say, all right, we've got Liberty Square, which is kind of New England, Pennsylvania, New York area... And then you've got a New Orleans square that solves a similar concept. And if the rumors that, uh, that Braden and DSNY newscast Jack suggested that, uh, Thunder Mountain would be looped into a desert theme that would have, you know, American Southwest lumped with Central America and lumped with South America. All right. That works too. I'm not really going to lose sleep over that. And if it means expanding the most popular theme park in the world, uh, that's probably a good thing. But uh, what if you know? I kind of threw it out as a. I don't want to say as a joke in the uh, in the in our little Twitter, our uh, Twitter, our text thread. Mm-hmm. Uh, but you know, what if you came across that bridge in Liberty Square, and what if they did the drastic and they got rid of Tom Sawyer Island? What if they filled in that river? They took that plot of land. That's going to be your new expansion that goes into whatever they do back behind Thunder Mountain. But what if you came across that bridge and staring straight ahead of you was an old West town, a street uh-huh. with, with buildings on both sides. And in the far distance stood the peaks of big Thunder Mountain. That's what you're walking towards. And as you cross that bridge, you can go to the left and that would take you down a side street that would take you into Liberty Square. You go to the right, that would take you into whatever you end up doing. Uh, I'm sorry, uh, into go to the left, go down to the French Quarter, go down uh, Bourbon Street, go down whatever you want to call it. Bourbon Street would be awesome in the Magic Kingdom, by the way. <laughs> Mardi Gras would be banging. Uh, but what if you came across that bridge and they re- they created a new frontier land that halfway down it's almost like sunset boulevard at the studios halfway down would be another side street that would then lead you back to into coco <laughs> and that would lead you back into encanto whatever you want to do there but 
I don't know. I think you could frame something really cool that stares down Big Thunder off in the distance. You can do it in a way that you don't see Splash Mountain whatsoever. Uh, it's interesting because right now, like you go over that bridge, straight shot ahead is Tom Sawyer Island, but behind that is Thunder. Can you see Thunder when you go over that bridge? You can. You can see the peaks of it. So what if you okay. cleared that out, made a street, and that's that's what's off in the distance. You frame it even better. Of course, on the streets, you can have you know uh, uh, restaurants. You can have shopping. Yeah. You can have bars that come up with uh, you know unique. There can be some sarsaparilla drink that everybody's got to go get. Whatever. You can create some new stuff. But I, I think we're calling it root beer now. Well, is it root beer now? <laughs> yeah, it's root beer. That's. I got, did you get the memo? Uh, but you, you know, Marty you called made the- once root beer. <laughs> You made the argument they would never do that because of the kinetic energy that the river uh, gives that area, but... I'm also the one that wants to dock the riverboat, so... Yeah, I mean, that, to me, that's, a, you know, whenever they can close that early, they close that early. We, you, yeah. we don't have the canoes. We don't have things running around that river like we used to. Considering so, what, I, how, considering how much damage this company did to a body of water with just barges, I hate to think what they could do <laughs> with an endless parade of cement trucks. That's well, what they, what they could do, because I do... One of my favorite things about Disney Springs is the springs that they put through there. I think yeah. they're really cool. Yeah, and I agree. And, and so get rid of that huge body of water, but you can still create new water. And I'd had that team that did the Dizzy Springs, you know, water features. That's who I would bring in and be like, recreate that here. Uh, uh, they they, they work for Universal now. <laughs> they probably do. <laughs> so I actually, so thinking of your idea, so just to, I'm looking at an aerial right now. So you effectively, your straight shot over that bridge is pointing right to the riverboat. So we're going to get rid of that. And yep. either create a bridge or fill in some some land to give a relatively straight shot to Thunder Mountain as well. So well, and and the river is like what four feet deep. Like it's nothing. Like it's not going to take much to fill in. Uh, I don't know if anybody's ever seen it when they've had that drained. It's all concrete. Yeah. It, would t- it would take nothing to fill that in and make that a new land. But they, I don't know what they need from a like. That's what we see in the Magic Kingdom. Uh, that body of water extends out into uh, Seven Seas Lagoon. So, like, that's all interconnected. So perhaps the situation where, like, you flood part of it, fill in another part to get a straight shot, maybe have bridges uh, to have the water still be there from a kinetic energy standpoint, but you you don't have a riverboat going around. Water yeah. is still a valuable aesthetic asset. Um, but to the point that we've made on here and others have certainly made as well, there is such a big piece of real estate that is from a guest per hour capacity standpoint, just in general, uh, that is being absorbed by Tom Sawyer Island. It, what did I say in the text? Right? It makes no money. Yes. That's, that's the easy thing for, for <laughs> any Disney. Be like, we got this chunk of land and it literally makes $0 all day long. Yeah. Yeah. So. But <laughs> And that would be the that is the uh, mental thought process of someone who doesn't understand the big picture. But I'm not disagreeing with you that that's that argument is being made. But yeah, having I'm, I, I'm passi- also think. Oh, go ahead. Sorry, sorry. Like, like the floor of your restaurant doesn't directly earn revenue, but it does people give people something to stand on while they're spending money. Like, there's lots of things in business that are not revenue generating that will harm the business if you get rid of them and. I, I think that's an old, <laughs> he's been an old, stripping a lot of that shit away. So, I know. Yeah. I mean, that's why. That, 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 uh, perhaps that isn't the best metric to use for deciding what to bulldoze. Well, part of my whole thought on this, though, is it's it's 
not for generating revenue in any way. That's the way that you push this project through is by going to the uh, board oh, meeting. I agree with like, you. I got this idea and it's going to replace something that makes no money. Yeah. But it, I mean, it if, goes, we, it, if we replace it, security guards with popcorn stands, that also would increase yeah. revenue. But <laughs> there's, there's a clear potential unintended consequence there. But the whole intention on this is one to give us that frontier land that we're maybe losing. Uh, mm-hmm. But it's also based on those reports, like the, the, the thing that they're having the hardest time figuring out is how to get people back behind big thunder mountain. And, and that's another great question to their new expansion. The, the grand idea in all this is creating an area that is going to give you new, it's going to give you new land to do stuff, you know, right, right. You, you, you're going to be able to put stuff that leads into that area, but it's also, I, to me, building something that goes across Tom Sawyer and that has an actual pathway to that new expansion pad back there is the easiest way to get people back to that area. Right now, they're talking about rerouting people behind the Haunted Mansion or having to go all the way out to Big Thunder and do a pathway back behind Big Thunder. This is creating a new land that gets you to Big Thunder, but also halfway down that strip, take a right, and we're going to lead you back into this new area as well. Uh, and we're going to use Tom Sawyer Island to do that. Can, can we agree for, the, for a company that built a park – with the blessing of size as being a fundamental component of their decision-making, that they, they sure seem to have a lot of problems with space and capacity. They they think about the next plan, but not the plan after that. That's kind yeah. of what, what happens from a development standpoint. I mean, we look, we look how much how often have we talked about Animal Kingdom, how they have that massive plot of land that they can't get to? The same yeah. is true here, where, I mean, if you look at Thunder Mountain, first off, part of the cool factor of Thunder Mountain is that there is nothing on the edge of it. So it is built right along the water. Uh, you've got some some areas of track that kind of spit out o- over the water. So if you want to go to the uh, to the east of Thunder Mountain, you are right now in four feet of water. If you want to go to the west of Thunder Mountain, you're on the train tracks. So there is very little land there that you can actually have a walking path without manipulating the river. So Ben's point of, all right, build a bridge there, flood this, that's pretty much your option. But you got to kind of figure out what do you lose when you do that. Uh, I think it's safe to say that we're going to have the train operating for like six months and then they're going <laughs> to yep. shut it down for another five years. <laughs> yep. Those types of things. I mean, even that, like the way that the uh, Frontierland station is set up, Right now, what they could conceivably do is eliminate the Frontierland station and give the uh, the train tracks a wider berth uh, once it leaves the Splash Mountain area. And so perhaps put another train station deeper into the park in either the Villains area or the expanded beyond Big Thunder area. So that's that's an option as well. But either way, there is water in the way that needs to be addressed. Do, do any of you guys know if you – I just pulled up Google Earth and I'm kind of looking at this. There's a lot of big industrial buildings kind of mm-hmm. west and south of where Big Thunder is. Mm-hmm. They're clear, <coughs> clearly not show buildings. You, do you even know what, what they are? Yeah, they're the parade buildings. Oh. They, they keep Those the f- seems like they could move. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Yeah, I mean, that's- definitely behind Splash. That's a, b- a lot of parade stuff. Yeah. Okay. To that point as well, to Ben's uh, bridge point, I'm putting this in our uh, discussion here. 
If you look at just an aerial of Tokyo Disney Sea, they have water integrated throughout that park. It's in the park's name. But just look at the number of bridges that they have connecting over those bodies of water. And yeah, it looks awesome. Yeah, and it's and now the reason why they probably can't do this is because in America we have too many people on stroller uh, on on ECVs. You've got too many overweight people. Uh, there are a lot of elevation changes in Tokyo Disney Sea that they really can't get away with in Florida to the same extent, which. I mean, some of these some of these bridges are stairs. Uh, yes, they probably have areas for ramps, but I I, I wasn't Gary going around here, not to uh, demean our friend, but he uses an ECV for a justifiable reason, and uh, I don't know how navigable those parks are uh, for somebody in an ECV, and that's something that in in Florida especially you have to think about, but. I would love to see exactly what Ben is suggesting, that bridges over here or rerouting the riverbanks um, to just kind of add more useful space. When you look at Disney Sea, the, the thoughtfulness of that layout is so apparent compared to what we have in Florida. I mean, it's, it's really remarkable. I mean, that is a masterpiece. Now, their their expansion opportunities are very limited, but mm-hmm. I think they probably knew that going in. <laughs> Doesn't mean they're not spending a shit ton of money right now. No, but you buy 23 square miles, you you, you probably assume that a 100-acre theme park isn't maxed out from no. day one, but it kind of was in a lot of ways. I mean, Gary's apartment is right in what should have been a major expansion area of that park. I mean, if you go... Since you of, insulted him, why don't we eminent domain his <laughs> home? <laughs> when, when we go north, basically the area between uh, the existing Magic Kingdom Park, just beyond the berm of the train station, there is a shit ton of space. And I don't know how much water needs to be rerouted uh, in order to facilitate access to that space, but they could realistically double the size of Magic Kingdom or come close to doubling the size of Magic Kingdom if they want to go north of the existing area. Uh, There is a ton of space back there, but to the greater point here, they've landlocked themselves, so they have to find a way to access it. And we've thrown out ideas in the past. I always mention it's a small world, but you mentioned as well uh, (laughs) going, um, going to the west of Haunted Mansion. That's an option. Uh, but when they redid Fantasyland, they set it up in a way where they could have accessed more of that area, and they didn't. They blocked it off with Be Our Guest and Little Mermaid basically totally shutting off access to the area north of it. So there are things like that, and I understand that they need to have access roads for restaurants and, th- and things. But All right. Well, let's let's go. Let's totally take an edible gummy bear here and think okay. way outside the box. What if they did a universal type move and created an attraction that connected two parts of the same park? I guess this isn't really exactly what they did, but uh, can, can you we break- still take the gummy? Sure. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not your dad. Uh, could, could imagine a situation in which they create an extension of the Magic Kingdom, which is only accessible by experiencing an attraction. Like, now, I like, think- a, like a railroad. Well... <laughs> I was thinking more of a theme, something that obscured the line of vision, so that you didn't have to have sightline continuity between the like the a railroad with a tunnel. <laughs> <laughs> I really feel like after two months off, you're really kicking me in the nuts here for no reason. <laughs> no, I. Do, do, but you know what I'm saying? Like that. I think yeah. that the fact is they have the space. So any any obstacles that exist between where we are and where we want to go are 
opportunities to be challenges to be overcome and not absolute mm-hmm. barriers to succeeding. Well, so like it's kind of like that if that area uh west of Floridian Way there's a mm-hmm. huge chunk of land. Uh but that's going to be for the Night Kingdom park, so we can't use that. <laughs> there we go. <laughs> but no, there is land all through that area. Damn I see it, what he you're took saying. The dummy. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, there's there's definitely a lot of land in that area that you could do something if you could get people there. I see what you're saying and do the Hogwarts Express type experience to Yeah. Block out how you got there, but let's get you there. That's uh, I mean, I I've commented many times that I think the fact that you park it at the transportation ticket center and then have to use some mode of transportation to get to Magic Kingdom is the first layer of allowing people to suspend disbelief. Yeah. So why not add another layer to that? I mean, you I think you have to admit, Animal Kingdom and Epcot lack that. You know, it's kind of a bummer that you can see the parking lot from the park and the park from the parking lot. The, the second being more significant than the former. You know, I guess I guess all I'm saying is I, I hope that there's still some wild-eyed dreamers there that are willing to be a little foolish and not just penny pinchers who are looking at things that are kind of cool and saying it doesn't generate revenue. Let's bulldoze it. I do think that a takeaway from – I'm going to go back to the D23 Expo presentation and the, the rumors uh, surrounding it saying that it, this may be closer than we think – I do like that they're th- that they are thinking beyond just swapping out an existing attraction or retheming mm-hmm. Big Thunder Mountain to whatever the latest southwestern themed movie is that they have coming out. Uh, I do like the idea of expanding the Magic Kingdom in a more substantial way because it is a park that is in desperate need of added capacity, and we've all loved the idea of a villain's land. I do think that realistically, uh, we're not going to have the train operating for more than. Uh, two calendar years over the next decade, but other than that, I'd, I'd I like hope that's to see not this. true. But I mean, like, just the the reality of if they want to expand uh, and somehow loop the area north of Thunder Mountain, or even crossing into um, Tom Sawyer Island, short of draining the river, filling in the riverbank, I don't see how they can do that without shutting down the train. There's just there's no real way to do it without shutting down the train. Yep. Um, It's not a very big stretch. I think you could jump it. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, think of like, let me throw right out of this. I mean, like other, other potential access points. So let's say that they keep like the main Tom Sawyer Island. They, uh, they fill in the riverbank and you've got everything inside the train tracks. You could access it from Thunder Mountain area, maybe the Haunted Mansion area, and you could probably do away with Enchanted Tales with Belle without really pissing off people. I'd be fine. And I, th- I th- but the the problem there, like to get to go further north, is that's also an access road for like Pinocchio Village House and be our guest. Yep. So they'd ha- they'd have to come up with some other way to uh, facilitate that Isn't as that well. where those bathrooms are that they spent like nine years building? Uh, no, those are actually between Haunted Mansion and Small World. Those okay, are, okay, okay. Yeah. They're a little bit further south then. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah, They they are definitely pinched with that piece of land with the railroad track and that little waterway that yeah. goes back there. It'd be interesting how they're going to do all that because uh, they're really pinched for size back there. And, and based on what they're pitching and, and kind of like we talked about it, it's got to be you got the Encanto attraction, you got uh, the the Coco attraction, and it's got to be at least two rides uh, in a villain's land. You can't have a land with uh, 
I don't know, one one attraction over there. It's they got a lot of work to do back there to to fit all that stuff in there. If they if they don't take over some of what we've discussed, like take over some of that property of Tom Sawyer Island that's already within the within the scope of the park. If if you want to use a hub and spoke design, you shouldn't have any of the spokes have a dead end, and they all have a dead end. That's kind of the problem. Well, the, I mean the th- the frontier land itself, yeah, that that's a dead end. It doesn't connect over, yep. and I mean we've had proposals before those D twenty three announcements suggesting it that they that they connect. When when Ben and I uh, and Ryan took over the D twenty three Expo in the <laughs> alternate universe, I believe that was one of the proposals as well, connecting those two. So, um, watch this space. I think it's interesting, but I also think that the rumors that have surfaced recently may be just for clicks. I don't know that there's been any real news on yeah. this front. Yeah. What I also hope is that. As Josh has long asked, that we start to see development, but not immediate announcements on this type of stuff. Yeah. Because we know how long a project like this is going to take. Maybe we don't announce it this September if, right. we, if we don't really know what it's actually going to be. So a, gr- a green light in Imagineering is not a green light to no, finish. It's a green light to announce, and that's I, problematic. I, I think we definitely get announcements on Animal Kingdom before we get more Magic Kingdom. Do you yeah, think that's that makes sense? Fair. I mean, Animal Kingdom is next in line for an attraction. And I think we're a lot closer to that Moana and possible Zootopia deal than than the Beyond Big Thunder Mountain uh, portion of what we're talking about here. Something's going on over there, and that's going to be the next thing they call. And perhaps we look at, uh, for future shows here, knowing that Animal Kingdom is ripe for uh, – the, I mean, they mentioned that they're doing Moana and Zootopia as a possibility, but perhaps we look at how to redo Dinorama, perhaps even with those IPs, if we want to constrain ourselves like we often do as a future show topic. And I think we all kind of want to dip our toe in the water as to what we could do for a villain's attraction as well. So I think well, we're it, thinking future attraction, future show topics here. There was that report that Iger, I mean, it's not a report. I mean, we're obviously getting Toy Story 5. We're getting the Moana live action. Like there, the report was, he was like, how do we dip into our most popular IPs quickly to get stuff out there? And I think that pertain, you know, all we've been announced so far is the film division and, and stuff going on Disney plus. How do we but squeeze I, more milk out of this? There I mean, without a doubt <laughs> includes the theme park side. And I think, you know, it's no coincidence that we're getting Zootopia too. We're getting the live action Moana. I'm not going to be shocked in the least bit when they go that, you know, that stuff that we talked about at D23, that's actually happening here. And, yeah. and that's the next thing I they announce. Um, I don't, and I, I've said it, I don't mind the Moana idea, but Moana you know I think it's pretty cool. Yeah. You know that I, that I'm not a fan of Zootopia and what's going to happen is they're going to wait for the Shanghai ride to, to open. They're mm-hmm. going to get enough survey results or just people seeing that it's probably going to be a very good ride, but whether it, is appropriate for the animal kingdom is irrelevant. So they see well, that it's a popular ride in Shanghai and then they can lift it and bring it here or a version of it here. Yeah. I like Zootopia. I, uh, do I, too. Think, the, I think the movie's good. Um, but I also really like dinosaur <laughs> and that's a park, you know, here's, we're talking about adding capacity to the magic kingdom. Yeah, dinosaur isn't like, the problem. In animal kingdom. We need to add capacity and all we're really doing is replacing two attractions with whatever they announce there. We're, right. we're replacing primeval world. We're replacing dinosaur. We're not solving the problem that is, uh, you know, going that, that the problem, why there's a 
three hour wait for, you know, flight of passage stills because there's nothing else to do in that park. Like they need more things to do. Uh, they don't need to be taking things away to add. So I still don't think animal, you know, I'm with you there. The Zootopia doesn't make sense for animal kingdom, but it doesn't mean that, uh, look at you coming around to my line of thinking. I want to see that somewhere. Um, it, it, you know, it makes sense for Hollywood Studios, without a doubt. But I hate to break it to you, Tim, but Ben's about to announce his boldest idea ever, to move It's a Small World to Epcot. <laughs> to, an, to Animal Kingdom. There we go. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, whatever they end up announcing in Animal Kingdom, actually, that's the that's going to be the funny part, is it's not going to solve the problem that that park has right now. It's, it's going to just give us two new things. If anything, it's going to hurt capacity even more for those couple of years that they're building that crap. Um, so we'll see. I've, uh, uh, with you mentioning Zootopia, uh, I'm not going to go into what my actual idea is, but in our private chat, um, something we said triggered an idea that I had for how to actually use Zootopia in the parks. And it's something that we'll, we'll find a way to integrate it into a future show. But, uh, as, as people, you know, eagerly anticipate what's Tim's great Imagineering idea. Uh, I'm going to tease it that way. But Ben, you just got back from, well, not just got back. Uh, within the, Since we last recorded, you got back from California. And uh, I've, I've heard you have some thoughts. Uh, yeah, I gave them all on the uh, Tomorrow Society podcast. So if you want to hear them, go listen to that show. Okay, so yeah, Talk listen to, to the later. latest episode of oh. Dan Heaton's podcast, Tomorrow Society. And <laughs> <laughs> what do you, Where do you even want to start? Well, when was the last time you were out in California? Last time I was in California would have been just over four years ago. Okay, so it's been a bit. Yeah, it's been a bit. At that time, the newest things that we had done, we, we had, the Incredicoaster had just opened, uh, and okay. we had done Guardians of the Galaxy Mission Breakout for the first time. Okay, so why don't you talk about the new-to-you stuff in uh, Disneyland and DCA first, and then I know you uh, spent quite a bit of time at Universal Hollywood as well. Yep. So there's these new restrooms uh, that I okay. really enjoy. Uh, sorry. Let's start with Avengers Campus. Okay. That was a big, you know, there, there were two big things that we wanted to do we went out there. Avengers Campus and then Super Nintendo World over at Universal. Okay. Uh, and I think forever this trip, the, you know, these two things are going to be compared to each other uh, <laughs> in my mind. And, and so, okay. you know, just as somebody going to the parks, like it was the, thinking back on this trip is always going to be like what I thought of the two lands. And so Avengers Campus, honestly, pretty underwhelmed when you go in that area. It's aesthetically uninteresting. It is. It's well, parts of it are. I think the Avengers uh, headquarters, the base is pretty cool. Uh, I think the but, live I mean, it's show- still sterile. It's like it, it it is, but it's what I would expect from an Avengers headquarters. <laughs> you know, fair. The, I mean, they're they're quite sterile in the movies as well. So you know, the, I mean, like the- if you were going to a Google uh, office building, would you expect it to look much different than the Avengers headquarters? No, but you know, going back <laughs> on any of those uh, films, especially the ones where they had the campus up in uh, upstate New York, that yeah. you know, the, you'd always have the. Uh, shots of you flying into it, the the aerials, and it was basically like a white building. Like it really was not much in the, even in the films. So th- that building was pretty cool. Uh, probably more because of the Quinjet, and then of course the characters going around it and the action sequences that would happen there. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know the Web Slingers building that was supposed to look like it's just a worn in building. Uh, that's been, a warehouse that's been there forever type deal. That's what it looks like. It looks like a brick yep. warehouse. Um, <laughs> 
Mission Breakout, of course, looks like Mission Breakout. People, you know, <laughs> there's not many that like the exterior of that. It's one that doesn't bother me that much, but uh, it is what it is. Sa- same with uh, Pim's Test Kitchen. Just quite underwhelming. Like, it's, it's, it's just a building. <laughs> it, it really, there's not much to it. Uh, but that being said, the experiences there, we were very happy with. Okay. The first thing that we did when we walked in that land was waited for the uh, Spider-Man Stuntronic show. Okay. And that thing was freaking awesome. Absolutely love that. Uh, seeing that thing fly through the sky and the way it moves. Uh, so cool. That that blew us away. Then we rode Web Slingers. And this is going to... The, 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 re- the main reviews here are about two attractions that we kind of just completely crapped on on YouTube. <laughs> and uh, that was that was Web Slingers. And you've done Web Slingers, right, Tim? You, you yes, did that on your last trip out there. Okay. Yeah, did it a couple times. And we never really talked about it too much. We, we reviewed it kind of here on the show, but we, we never discussed uh actually right now i came in really tell you I, I don't remember what your thoughts on it were you can give it uh when we're done here in a second but uh was not impressed with the original on-ride videos that we saw on youtube uh it just looked like screen based it looked very toy story mania ish you especially on the youtube videos you don't understand what the writer is doing necessarily. You've seen it like yeah, in the pre-show fair. and you see how you flick your wrist and this and that. But when you're just watching the ride, it literally looks just looks like, like you're watching an animated Spider-Man TV show. We absolutely love this attraction. <laughs> we, okay. we had so much fun on it. It helps that I'm a party of four. And so say, the, do you think you would have had as much fun doing it solo? I and think, like, I think I, you're you're in that as you said you're in that with a group of four people so you are kind of either competing against each other and anything like that where there is competition or otherwise like camaraderie like you might have on a raft ride or something like that that changes the dynamic mission space is the same thing where if you've got a pod of four people in mission space of people that like will shit talk and uh, if somebody misses the button that's more fun than going on with some random people that, and yep. that's where I think uh, on this one, the first time we did it, we treated it very much like Toy Story. Okay. It was all every man for themselves who gets the high score. <laughs> okay. And, you know, each time we wrote it after that, we did it four times. And each time we did it after that, we all wanted to get the high score. But we also realized on the second ride, wait a second, if we actually work together in these sequences, it we do better. Like your score will be better. You, you will... Uh, You'll you'll get cooler sequences. You'll get cooler things that happen on screen in front of you. That's the other thing. I guess. Can you sing the uh, "Swim Together" song from Finding Nemo the Musical at the end of the show? (laughs) Uh, Sure, sure. Uh, (laughs) uh, Listeners got our show ending. (laughs) Damn it! (laughs) Always, always me singing. Yep, because it's always bad. (laughs) And so that's that's where. You know, even I I remember making fun of like buying the attachments and, and getting those different effects. Like, who would do that? Why would you buy that? Why did why you would buy you them? do that on this ride? I didn't. Okay. But <laughs> by the end of our last ride, we were already discussing like the next time we come and like we want to buy the attachments. It's so stupid. But we saw people walking around with them. But I also for the record, my wife never came until I bought the attachments. <laughs> The, the, I guess the thing I didn't realize is like if you do have the Doctor Strange one, like when you're make, when you're flicking your wrist, you're flicking Doctor Strange spells on the screen. When you're when you're doing, that sounds dirty. It, it really it does. does. But it's <laughs> it's not you flicking webs. Like it's not getting any better. 
<laughs> it's kind of hard to describe, I guess, Tonight's to where... episode of Euphemisms with Ben is brought to you by the Marty Gold Podcast. <laughs> Welcome to the Triple Entendre Podcast. <laughs> I, I think the thing that I'm impressed with here, and, and, and it kind of goes back to um, Millennium Falcon, to where we don't necessarily love the attraction, but we do appreciate the rendering of effects in real time yeah, of the fair. gameplay. That's what happens here. If you do go on with those attachments, it does give you a different experience. It does give you a different gameplay. Things happen for you that don't happen to the normal person. So we had just ended up having so much fun on this thing. We we laughed every time. It's a massive upgrade over Toy Story. I'd like, agree with that. It's it, And I it, like Toy Story. And That is, in my opinion, one of the most overrated attractions on the planet. Yeah, but, I mean, like it, it's fun, but I understand what you're saying. I understand that doesn't need to be right. It is fun. Yeah. Well, it put it this way for us. It, you know, Web Slingers and Toy Story are in the same park at, at yeah. uh, California Adventure. We didn't ride Toy Story at all. Part of that not too once. is you go to Florida so often, so there's a little of there's it, a little we, redundancy there. We do, um, and we found that in this trip. But also, when given the choice between the two, it was a no brainer. Let's go do Web Slingers again, and it's not just because it's not in Florida. It's because it's a more fun attraction. It really is. Um, I, you know, what I'd like to see, uh, you know, I think there was something they could have done between the gameplay in those little brief areas of show sequences where, where you see, you know, some sets. You actually see when, when you're uh, on certain levels, when you're passing to go to the next set of screens, you see things that have affected from the gameplay that you just did. There is some theming in those little transition spots. Would it have killed them to put a Spider-Man audio animatronic at the very end, like saying "Thanks for helping" or whatever? I think that would have taken this over the top. Been really Am I cool. The it's kind of that just pictured ET when he said that. <laughs> well, it's, yeah. it's goodbye, it, Ben. Jumping. Goodbye, Ben. It's, it's like them throwing Iron Man into the Avengers Assemble attraction in yeah. Disneyland Paris, like. They didn't need to, but they did, and it's just to get Iron Man. And you could have done that with Spider Man. We've never seen an audio animatronic Spider Man at right. anywhere. It'd have been really cool to see that at the end, giving you just a little thumbs up. It's kind of like in the Stuntronic show that you I, just. I was just, just going to say, I saw one <laughs> hit the side of a building really hard a couple times. <laughs> I, a, a, a little kiss at the end of the ride, like Indiana Jones saying, you know, like you see him at the very end of the just attraction. Just ride it with for, me. Yeah. Uh, Josh will give me a kiss. Daddy's got you. <laughs> I think Tongue it would take it. your choice. <laughs> <laughs> you started with all the sex talk. Son of a bitch. Don't blame me for Josh is aroused. I'm sorry. This is on you. Yeah. I'm about to tip my desk over. <laughs> I, I will say I got off of this. And the like the first thing I was thinking of is not necessarily how do we get web slingers into Florida, but how do we get this experience into Florida? How do we, is there something they can create using this gameplay that would uh, is there an IP that would work to bring this over right away? Isn't there a isn't there a licensing problem with that though for Disney? Yes. Yeah, Doctor I mean, Strange's spell spell slingers. That's what it's going to have to be. That's like would, one of the ones that they could use. That, honestly, that I thought of that right off the bat. It's like you can use this for a Doctor Strange attraction. The, and you're all casting spells going around New York trying to save the Sanctum Santorium. You could do that. That's it. Is that related th- to the Rick Santorium? It is. <laughs> <laughs> I do think we would all appreciate that much more than them redeeming the uh, Tower of Terror, right? Oh, absolutely. Stay away from that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah you, if, if there's you a way. You took away my river of shit. At least stay away from my Tower of Terror. <laughs> 
But I mean, this doesn't even have to be Marvel. I'm thinking no, it doesn't. any IP. It's going to be, but that, it doesn't. No, but th- this is so much fun, and the and the technology is so cool that they need to find a way to get it into as many parks as possible. I think. Uh, I mean, every time we did it, it was an hour wait. It was packed. There was never a slow time for it. So the the I don't know what the uh, unofficial guide uh, guest survey ratings are for it, but it would seem to be quite high because people are in line doing it all the time. So I was I was pleasantly surprised by Web Slingers. It, it actually blew me away, and it's up there. Wouldn't say it's my favorite attraction at Disneyland, but it's one that. Uh, well, I mean, we did it four times over three days. So and okay. I, and I would love to do it again. I think my the the takeaway that I had from it was in deference to something like Toy Story Mania where you see a target you hit the target with the only kind of quirk being I think the ring toss where you kind of had to like play an arc to get uh so, to to ring certain targets on on that yeah. uh one of the components of web slingers that I liked is that you could actually web something up and pull it over onto something else yep uh which is a little bit of a unique gameplay. But uh, I look at these things, especially the variations that are all screen-based because Busch Gardens has these, other areas have these things. None of these are as good as Men in Black. They just aren't. And having those physical sets probably puts something like Buzz Lightyear ahead of it for me, even as primitive as Buzz Lightyear is. So it's not to really knock... Man... I love Men in Black. Yep. And I really hadn't thought about this until you brought it up. But I like the sets. I like the I like the ride of Men in Black more. I I'm more satisfied with the gameplay on Web Slingers than I am Men in Black. Meaning that the the, the gameplay logic is probably better. And again, I'm, I, I'm, I don't- I'm more satisfied. Like. I, I honestly feel like I can improve myself every time more and more than I do the, on Web Slingers. And I did find myself getting a higher score. And, you know, you mentioned like the, the, the grab and pull. Like every time we wrote it, you realize there's different things you can do. That was one of the functions. There's also chain reactions. If you hit one yeah, thing yeah. here, it's going to cause other things. And, and so I feel like with Toy Story, it's, it's an the evolution same. from Toy Story, no doubt. But yeah. I, I mean, I'm going to I'm going to defer to physical sets more than anything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's kind of where I'm at. And again, not to knock the attraction, I would say I would put it as a solid D ticket attraction and certainly something that I would I would wait half an hour for. Um, I think I did single rider both times, so I didn't I probably waited 20 minutes, but I think I like Web Slingers more than Men in Black. And I and I like Men in Black a lot. So that's that's not a knock at all on Men in Black. But yeah, I don't know. I think I think I do. I, I, I like I like this one more. My last trip to Disneyland, I believe I did Web Slingers twice. I don't think I did Toy Story at all. And I believe I did Buzz Lightyear two or three times as well. I uh, I want you to come on our next trip, though, because I think it would be a no, lot of don't. fun. Right? I, I listen to the end of the shows. You hate me. No, I, I think it'd be a lot of fun <laughs> with you riding Web Slingers with me and my daughters and you calling them little shits the whole time. Uh, <laughs> like we did on Millennium Falcon. That'd be there a boss. <laughs> Uh, but, but outside of that, the other thing that absolutely blew me away, blew my whole family away, was how much we love Pim's Test Kitchen. <laughs> that's a great, that's a great restaurant. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, John- it's it's a little stupid, but it's a lot of fun. Yeah, uh, it it is. That stupid. actually is what's going to be on my tombstone. <laughs> <laughs> he was a little stupid, but a lot of fun. <laughs> exactly. Well, Josh made the comment earlier about the food not being good, and I was like, I I don't think you've had some of their newest restaurants because this is. Yeah, California food is better. 
Well, well, but uh, God, I I hate even the a broken name. clock is right twice a day. <laughs> I love the food and I love the look, but I hate the names of the two new places at Epcot. I always is it Creations, uh, Creations Shop and Connections Cafe. Is that right? This. Pim's Test Kitchen opened before Connections, but it's still on that same line of the quality of food in yeah. the newest counter service places. They, they haven't has taken a massive. It's make, taken a massive step up. We ate at Pim's three times, okay. and it was because of the food, like the, the that that crazy chicken sandwich with the huge uh, breaded patty with the small bun. Yep, I had it three. It was delicious every time we had it. Do they have Pim's cups? They do Ironically, not. no. That's that. No, that would be, <laughs> that would be fantastic. Yep. Uh, I have a friend who's our age that uh, that's his go-to drink, and we make fun good. of him for being a seventy-year-old man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, I guess I just walked into that one, <laughs> hobbled into it. <laughs> As somebody that doesn't drink, I, I'm just going to be in the uh, uh, arena of ignorance here. But I don't drink either. Like. Before breakfast. <laughs> what, did you, what did you say? I got to go get a bottle of wine and a straw before the show? I said glass, but I meant bottle. <laughs> uh, I will say that I, the best pretzel I've ever had in my life was that giant pretzel. It's pretty damn good. And we had that multiple times as well uh, with that beer cheese sauce. So, How uh, many people the, did it take to finish it? Was it like split four ways or what? Oh, yeah. The four of us had it. The, 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 you guys the, are the, such the, wimps. The wife and kids had the uh, the the chicken kids meals because their kids Ugh. meals are uh, great, you know, quite proportional. It, it was more than enough to fill them up. But when you added that with the uh, pretzel, yep. fantastic. Uh, the one thing that's incredibly annoying though about California parks, the people. Uh, oh, sorry, sorry, that too, and the dining. That's the correct answer. Is <laughs> I I did not realize there are no indoor seating at Pim's Test Kitchen. It's all outdoor seating. It's yeah, covered outdoor seating. Yeah. But we were also there during the what the worst rainstorms California has seen like in the last hundred years. Yeah, the six so, days that it's rained in the last decade. Yeah, I mean just <laughs> torrential downpours. I, it hadn't rained like that in Florida uh, while, while I was there. You know, it, it was crazy. And so when you have every every counter service place there, the dining is back outside. So it's yeah. a real pain in the ass when it's downpouring and there's just nowhere to sit and eat your food. So. Uh, you know, I know it's California. They normally have really nice weather most of the time, but maybe maybe rethink that a little bit. Maybe one little area with some covered indoor dining uh, wouldn't kill you. I mean, as you, as you say that, I'm thinking. Uh, I know the place in Carsland has some indoor seating. Uh, there isn't a whole lot. Like the it's place little. Over, it's very little. Yeah, yeah, the place over in Paradise Pier, like the Boardwalk uh, Pizza place, that doesn't nope. have any indoor seating. Nope. Yeah, there's there's not a ton of it. Rancho del Zocalo has some, but it's still technically kind of covered. Yep. Over in Disneyland, so which we ate there, and that was always good. <laughs> so it's so good. Uh, yeah, we. I'm trying to think what else we did. There was new. There wasn't a whole lot new. Indiana Jones opened like days after we left. That's annoying. So that was, That's that was disappointing. Favorites. Yeah, that, that was sucks. That's yeah. Painful. Such a such a great ride, but it's uh, it was gone. Um, we did Genie Plus while we were there the whole time. Okay. Kind of had to because it was spring break and heavy, what did heavy that cost crowds. you in total? It was. $25 a day? Yeah. No, I want yeah. you to do the math for me. 300, 300 bucks. 300 okay. bucks. For everyone. For everyone, total. Yeah. We didn't do okay. any individual lightning lane. Didn't need to. Okay. And So, so did you horrific, do like single rider on racers and did you do... Um, yep. 
Rise yeah. of Resistance at all? Well, racers, we got on, you know, if you rope drop that, get there nice and early, you can make that priority one. You're not waiting very long. Rise of the Resistance, another one. Be- because we were there with the storms, it made for some really weird wait times okay. across the board. Uh, and so, you know, it wasn't a high priority. We actually thought we were going to skip Rise of the Resistance uh, and do other, you know, Disneyland-only stuff. But, uh, you know, you just hit it at a certain time. You're like, oh, it's a half hour. Let's go. And that's, uh, <laughs> I did post the uh, picture. That's when we ran into Corey Feldman. Okay. <laughs> I remember <laughs> that. Group. They were Tim right in front of him. and I spent a lot of time figuring out if it was actually Corey Feldman or not. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's real embarrassing when he's near you. And, and the first thing you say is, that's Corey Haim. And then yeah. you realize you made a massive mistake. <laughs> that's a much harder get. <laughs> Isn't that the same? Wasn't that the same day that Short Round won an Oscar? Like, it was. Funny. It was. <laughs> wow. And my the, youngest, the universe my, is hilarious. My youngest daughter was so mad because she sees that and she goes, "I was gonna wear my Goonie shirt today." I was like, "Oh, that'd have been awesome." Oh. Yeah, yeah he, that would have been cool. He had like a. He was there on a VIP tour. He came in right in front of us. Uh, he had like a large bodyguard with him. It looked like he, he was there with his mom uh, and girlfriend. But he did. I did see people go up to him. We didn't go up to him, but he did see. I mean, if, in, yeah, if she was wearing a Goonie shirt, I'm sure that he would have gotten some reaction. He seemed incredibly friendly with the ones yeah. that went up there. That I, if she was wearing a Goonie shirt, I would have initiated. She didn't want to bother him. My youngest was like, "He's on vacation. I don't want to bother yeah, yeah. him." Actually, that's but the most he, impressive thing you've ever told me. Like, it's pretty raised, cool, isn't it? You did a good job raising <laughs> yeah. a person. Good job. I was I was quite impressed with that. But if she did have a Goonie shirt on, I would have I would have walked her over there because I he he seemed really chill, really down to earth. And I saw him taking pictures and it didn't seem like it was bothering him at all. He, he's one of those level celebrities that I think probably appreciates getting stopped in a park and, and, you know, uh, being seen and getting his picture taken. So, yeah. Meanwhile, I saw Vincent D'Onofrio there and I just went all Arlie Ermey on his ass and it was really just awkward for everybody. (laughs) Oh, so you think you're some kind of fucking comedian. (laughs) (laughs) Pretty the sure girl. Vincent D'Onofrio could break all three of us without, <laughs> yeah, without yeah. breaking a sweat. Yep. That would be such an honor. <laughs> the girls did love Incredicoaster. Okay. They had not did done they not that do before. it four years ago? Okay, they no, they, th- that trip was just me and Lisa, so <laughs> they had not been on it. Uh, so they liked that a lot. We did see the new World of Color uh, show for the okay. 100th anniversary. It's so good. It's uh, like... I just don't understand like any, especially we go back to harmonious and them coming up with that idea when they have a f- finished fleshed out, amazing show in that park. I don't know how they de- don't just default back to that anytime. Like what, how did they go into a, a, a pitch meeting and say, this is what we want to do with harmonious. And somebody just sit there going, this, that sounds and looks worse than world of color. Like world <laughs> of color is just so freaking good. Uh, and the, Oh my well, God. I to remind you that illuminations was murdered for that monstrosity that killed the lagoon. Yeah. So yeah, it happens. Yeah. And, and I love illuminations. We, I, I do love that, but so there, there will, have been bad versions of world of color and I will, but even their worst version still pretty damn good. Like the black and white version, where they had yeah. a lot of black and white footage, like yeah. this, this yeah. show, World of Color. Okay, no, nope, black and white, got it, just footage of old Walt Disney footage from black and white. Makes sense, got it. I will... Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> I will tell you, though, I, uh, I'd i be lying to you if there weren't tears that welled up a little bit when, you know, the, lo- the, the, the loop on Incredicoaster, where, is it Mickey now? The, 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 there, there's that circle on the... Uh, <laughs> 
on that part of the coaster where Mickey's head's at, but they, you know, on, on the Incredicoaster, they do projection mapping during yep. this show. And there's lights on there that match up with the water effects. And when they get to the Marvel part and you see that ring light up, like the, the Doctor Strange little teleport ring, whatever you want to, yeah, yeah. and you hear Cap on your left. Yeah. Oh my God. Uh, like just, just the chills when it goes into that Marvel. And that's how the Marvel sequence kicks off. And it's so freaking good. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, using the way they use their background, that that backdrop from the coaster, and mix that in with the water effects and then everything else, the show's just top notch. I love it. I I I super super love that show. I just so. had to look. So right now it's it's a Pixar ball and it says Pixar Pier. On Is it, it. Pixar? I, I couldn't remember. Yeah. What so they they've changed it like three days. times now. Yeah. Yeah. It used to be the sun. They had like when it was Mickey's Fun Wheel for a bit. Yep, yep. They had the Mickey. Lo- so they've changed it a few different times. So that's what it is now. But they use that effect and and do the uh, the Doctor Strange teleport rings and oh, it's so good. I uh, I haven't watched this one on uh, on the YouTube. So yep. which again, as you know, is the best way to watch these things. Yep, absolutely. Uh, so I'll have, I'll have to watch that one. <laughs> Actually, if you have a small low resolution monitor to do it with, with built in speakers, <laughs> that makes it even better. Watch watch it on your flip phone. Yeah. Josh, I know you're not a, a huge Marvel fan, but in terms of like, I assume, Ben, you can uh, correct me if I'm wrong here, that, that kind of brought you back into the theater where, for me, best theater experience uh, I've had was seeing Infinity War and Endgame in the theater because yep. you had, you know, everybody seeing it for the first time and it was kind of just an epic movie. It basically was, you know, Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. But I, I've in, reached in a point in my life where I don't watch movies <laughs> in any venue that requires me to wear pants. <laughs> That's fair. Just bowling? Well, I will bowl with pants on if necessary. <laughs> if those are the rules of the land. I mean, I prefer not to. <laughs> I like to let my freak well, flag fly. I, I was, like you, you said it, uh, like a, t- a tear came your eye. Was it such that like it brought you back into the movie theater? Was it just that, all right, you have the familiarity with this? Like, What was it that kind of elicited that response? Uh, going back to that sequence in the theater, yeah. going back, I mean, any diehard Marvel fan will tell you that that line and what it just means to them. It means to that universe. It means to you as a person watching that for the first time. It's it's something that just it's a go to line. It's a it's a it's it's an actual classic movie line. I feel it's a line that we'll be saying fifty years from now, a hundred years from now. That's that's the line from this era of Marvel films that just still brings chills to Yeah, to you get people. those goosebumps when it yeah. happens. And you're in, you're in a crowd with probably 10,000 people, too, so you get the collective reaction again. So Well, yeah. Well, the way they do it is that's a part where they bring the show down. Okay. And it goes dark, and it mm-hmm. goes quiet. And then you just see that little – you see the illumination around that circle. And at cool. that point, you're like, oh, my God. And then you just hear that line delivered by uh, – uh, Falcon, Sam, yeah. and you're just like, oh, <laughs> they, they got you at that point. They know that's the go-to line that's going to make any, especially any, du- you know, <laughs> dudes, diehard Marvel fans, that's that's their line that's always going to make them tear up a little bit. That's the, <laughs> Sorry, you know- <laughs> I just whacked my microphone. Sorry about that. <laughs> Leave that in the show. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> just looking at the audacity feedback of that, that did not Episode go over 122, well. <laughs> Tim whacks it. <laughs> We're talking about that moment in Marvel and giving chills, and Tim just starts beating it to the Infinity War. Tell me, t- tell me about that sequence again, Ben. What happened? Tell me, tell beat me. Beat to the beat. <laughs> Was there anything else in uh, the Disney parks that you wanted to speak about? Uh, 
my daughters, again, they had not been since they were like three and six. Oh, there you go. Okay. So, so what were their perspectives on things? <laughs> their favorite rides were the swinging uh, Mickey's Fun Wheel uh, buckets okay. and the storybook the land, buckets. the storybook <laughs> land canal boats. So okay. we spent all that money to do all these major new deals, and that was their two things that they kept wanting to go back and ride over and over. So that goes back to the charm <laughs> argument that Josh always made, at least for the uh, yeah, canal no, boats. I, I agree. I, was I actually... love the canal boats. That's that's top five favorite Disneyland attraction for me as well. So I was very happy. They knew they didn't have to twist my arm <laughs> much, especially at night. I love the canal boats. There, I mean, it's been probably a decade since I've been there out of the canal boats, but I'm sure that uh, when I go out there with my girls, that'll be something they want to see. It's old school Disney. It's just charming old school yes. Disney. That's what I love about it. Look, the big the big ticket items are important. I don't I don't think it's a smart argument to say that the company shouldn't be investing in you know AAA title attractions, but I I do think that the current regime at this company underappreciates what people love that is simple. And that's kind of what I was trying to say. And I think I probably failed when you were talking about Tom Sawyer's Island. You know, there's just, there's certain things that they don't necessarily make sense. They defy logic. They just connect with people for whatever reason. And if you become tone deaf to that, I think you're kind of fucked in the long run. I think that also calls to many of our complaints about Epcot, Hollywood Studios, and Animal Kingdom, that those types of experiences just don't exist there. Yeah. You could make an argument that at the Animal Kingdom with the animal walkthroughs, they have something that is kind of a, a built-in logical thing for them to have those side experiences. But for the most part, you don't have those types of experiences in the non-castle parks. Yeah, I think that's probably right. Uh, so the, the, It's the uh, je ne sais quoi. <laughs> like, like you know we don't speak Spanish in English, please. <laughs> I, I just uh, said that I ate an old wheel of cheese and a uh, <laughs> some sort of ship. No, I I do think that there is there's something that the original and maybe second generation Imagineers had that is really hard to distill down to a skill set or an objective, and I I sus- I, I don't. I'm thinking out loud here right now, which is probably going to come off as being rambling, but I'll try and make it quick. I don't, I think you could listen to me talk on a podcast and think that I'm calling Imagineering or Disney management morons. And I'm not, these are smart people. These are people that have competed against other talented folks and risen to the top to get the jobs they have. But there's, there's either something about the culture of that company now, or I, I don't know what it is, but, but there's some kind of, it really was magic that the original folks made. And mm-hmm. it doesn't seem like they're making magic anymore. They might be making money. They might be making successful attractions. They absolutely are making very impressive uh, attractions a lot of times. But are they really making the thing that just kind of resonates with the heartstrings of people that are going to make a 40-year-old want to record a podcast, despite the fact that they're really busy, talk about it, uh, because of an experience they had when they were nine? And that, I that's think the there thing are, that I'm not there sure are they're still doing. cases of it, but probably not to the same extent. I mean, Ben just cited something that was in large part due to his familiarity with the movies that created that magic. I think but what he talked about his kids, he talked about something completely different. Right. So so then you look at like what they're doing lately. Uh, we're gonna go to the uh, Galactic Star Cruiser, where I think the idea of that was to have that 
intimate charm experience and yeah. then charge you $5,000 and <laughs> people get stressed out about the cost of it and it defeats the purpose of it. Where I don't want to be a dick, but if I pay $5,000 for an intimate experience, there's probably not going to be a Star <laughs> Cruiser involved. <laughs> it's going to be one of Ben's other euphemisms going on. <laughs> I'm getting Ben himself. <laughs> uh, I, I can't believe you even brought this up yet, but do y'all want me to piss y'all off about something? Go for it. Why not? <laughs> you know how we uh, talked about Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway and how uh, it would have been, you know, they could have built that somewhere and not gotten rid of the great movie ride? Yes. That's absolutely what they should have done because they built a better experience at Disneyland than the one that we have at Hollywood Studios. Hmm. That building that they did with it and the queue for it, as well as the expanded attraction, it is not an exact clone. There are there are a couple sequences in They're there. They're inverted, and there's an extra sequence at the end, right? There is an extra sequence at the end that actually wraps the story up better than what we get in Florida. Uh, there, there's a tunnel that you go down to where Goofy meets back up with you, and there's a longer sequence with Goofy joining back up on the train, talking about, oh, did you do this and do that, blah, 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 before you get to the park. Uh, it's cool. It's but actually... To, let me ask you the most important question, though. Yeah. Is at least fifty percent of the show building dedicated to storing tables and chairs? <laughs> <laughs> True. True. That's the sad part. That that yeah. The Can you imagine I mean, the backstage tour of that ride? Where it's like, oh, well, here's God. where we keep the napkins. Like yeah. what? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that like, shouldn't be a thing. <laughs> I'm looking uh totally changing topics. Uh if Good you guys job. still have that if you guys still have that link for Disney C up. Yep. <laughs> Basically, oh, the, cent- the center of that is it's in the it's in the chat. There is an access road that runs straight through the middle of that park and yeah, fans yeah. out like a T. You could literally impressive. land. A, you could land a seven forty seven. Yeah, on that road. it is. That is impressive. <laughs> so, like that is. I didn't even realize that that's how that works. So it's sandwiched between the mysterious island section, which is a fully enclosed land, and then uh, the back of a fully indoor like kid area called Mermaid Lagoon. I, I just never noticed that before. Anyway, if sorry. you think that bo- that walls don't work, you should look at this because yes. <laughs> the power of the berm is very well uh, put on display here. And I'm sure I would love to know what the site. I wish you could just drop like a street view, you know, nodule onto that. But I'm sure you don't see that road from anywhere in that park. I don't think you can. What you where you can see, like you can, uh, if you park in their parking lots, you can see the backside of buildings. I Any hate of the that, hotels, okay. you can see that. You can definitely see that still there. But anyway, we're not talking about Disney Sea. No. Yeah, glad you're listening to my uh, review here. But hey, cool. Keep so you guys Google complain map. about my trip reports. The problem is you don't. Uh, I try to derail your trip reports. You need to do the same of me to make them more interesting. So <laughs> I derail everything. I'm the most magnanimous person here. I'm equal opportunity offender. You also don't go on trips, so it's hard for us to. Uh, uh, to, to I'm talk the hermit. Your trip reports. <laughs> my new podcast, WW Hermitcast, is going to be <laughs> starting soon. Well, after going on their version of Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway, it definitely should have been built like at the animation building. And yeah, completely. And, and we could have kept Great Movie Ride. Uh, their queue, where you go through like the history, the queue is great. It's amazing. Like it's genius that I, the, whoever thought of that. It's a great idea. I don't, Josh, have you seen it to where you're going through and there's it's like a uh, museum 
with yeah. props and set pieces Just references from to various classic Disney animated, you know, Mickey animated shorts. So the wheel from Steamboat Willie and the his Santa candles is, is what I harped on. I've, I've just seen oh, the YouTube stuff. It's so good. It's so good. And we don't have any of that in Florida. We lost a fantastic attraction for what we got. We all like Mickey. I, it's a fine ride. It's fun, but man, not at the expense of what was already there. And, and, California got it completely right. Like it's an added attraction to their park. Yeah. It's an added piece of Toontown. They didn't lose a single bit. They lost a shop. Yeah. Think of that. The Disney for once made an idea that we're going to take away a huge <laughs> shop and put a ride here uh, with a very, you know, pretty small gift shop that you come out of uh, from that ride. So oh, man, it just, it hurts my heart to think what, what could have been in Florida. That being said, we did go to the Chinese theater on Hollywood Boulevard mm-hmm. and with, we were there the day before uh, the Oscars. So right next to that is the Dolby theater and they were getting set up for the red carpet and stuff. And so we were in the courtyard for the Chinese theater with just looking at the handprints. We were going to take a picture or two, but then we found out that for $16 per adult, they do a tour of the Chinese theater. You can actually, you know, the, it's a real working theater. It's like the seventh largest IMAX screen in the world is what's in there right now. Okay. Uh, but before one o'clock, when they have their first fil- uh, movie of the day, I have the seventh do- largest dick on my street. <laughs> that too. Uh, they they do four these other houses. They do exactly. these tours. <laughs> that was a very good joke. <laughs> Uh, and it's about a half hour tour. And <laughs> Sorry, Ben. You, thanks. Tim said derail the conversation, yeah, so thanks. I tried to do my best. I follow or orders. I like that side is now the frustrated one when it's normally yeah, my role. I, know, right? I give up. <laughs> yeah, so it was talked universal yet. No, I haven't. Uh, I'm just throwing this out there. Anybody who's thinking about doing it, get there early. Go do this tour. Kids 17 and under are free. With a paid adult. I like to do this. uh, I was blown away by how huge that theater is. It's insane. Uh, But the courtyard, I'm sorry, the entryway, it looks just like what they built in Florida. So I thought that was very cool. It's original blueprints is what they did in Florida, right? It's so, yeah, it's so cool. So if if you appreciate uh, what they did in Florida and never seen the real thing and never been inside and, you know, Along with that, there was like a 10-minute film by TCM that gave the history of the Chinese theater uh, on that IMAX screen that's part of it. Okay. So, so freaking cool. So I was super happy that we did that. And that was a total – we had not planned on doing that whatsoever. It was just literally somebody at the front door going, hey, there's tours for 16 bucks each. And we're like – 32 bucks for the four of us to get a half-hour tour in Hollywood. Yep, we'll do it. And uh, it was worth it. Yeah, worth every penny. So (laughs) highly recommend everybody do that. My recollection of that area, I I walked it once and then Marie and I did just kind of a drive-by, is that the entire area was kind of just a shithole. I assume that it was cleaned up a little bit ahead of yeah. the Oscars. It, yeah, because of the Oscars, that helps. But, uh, you know, honestly, I've done it before and I felt incredibly safe being down there with my family and everything. During It was during the middle of the day. At night, it's a totally different deal, even with the Oscars there. But during the day, we were, we were there like around 11 a.m., noon. It was uh-huh. fine. It was totally fine. So, uh, you know, don't shy away from doing that if you make a trip out there, but do it definitely do it earlier in the day, and I think you won't deal with nearly as many of the uh, strange clientele that can <laughs> that can man those streets. I want to go back to Runaway Railway, and I know that we should not uh, make attraction decisions based on the uh, opinions of a toddler, but 
uh, depending or on the should day, we? depending <laughs> on the day. I'm pretty sure Eisner did it at least once. The, the day, yeah, but that resulted in Splash Mountain, so I'm okay. That's with true. It. Well, it's dead now. <laughs> <laughs> depending on the day, the week, the hour, my oldest daughter's favorite ride is Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. Some days it's it's a small world; you never know. But when she wants to watch ride videos, she actually wants to watch the California version, and. I don't know how much she's understanding that these are like two different things, but or if she's just not really remembering the Florida version that she went on, but she gravitates towards the California version specifically when you do a YouTube search. So for whatever that's worth, I thought it was interesting that this isn't something where she's remembering all of these details. She's seeing it on a video and that video is more interesting to her. So. Yeah. Hmm. Why don't you uh, go into Universal? Because I'm sure you have some thoughts there. I can't go into Universal. I'm in Texas right now. <laughs> well, there. When is that park open? Oh, uh, that one is going to be Your open in park. 2026. I think that they have to get it done in four years. That's part of the agreement. The uh, kid friendly the, thing that's going to have everything has a 40 inch height requirement. Uh, high, 40, yeah. 40 inch maximum. <laughs> <laughs> yes, Universal was um, awesome. Uh, we did, you know, the, 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 the main thing we wanted to do there, the kids had never been there. Actually, at least had never been there as well. And we talked about it before they wanted to do the tram ride. They wanted to do a few different things. And, but obviously super Nintendo opened, you know, weeks before we got there. So yeah. honestly, when we were planning this trip, I didn't even think about that. And it just kind of was dumb luck that it fell into uh, the timing that we were going to be able to do that. So we, uh, I think I talked about it before. We ended up buying a like a nine month season pass. It was some ridiculous deal <laughs> that they had that uh, comes with a pretty substantial amount of blackout dates, but none of those blackout dates were for when we were there. So it made sense to buy that as opposed to day passes. So uh, we did that and it allowed us to go there for, we went two and a half days. And the first day that we went, we didn't get there until middle of the afternoon. So all the virtual queue for Secret Life of Pets was gone. Uh, all of uh, and the uh, virtual queues to get into Super Nintendo Land uh, were gone. And Mario Kart had a four hour wait by that point anyway. Well, so by, was, it a, was it just a virtual queue to get into the land once you're in correct. the land? Mario yep. Kart is regular standby. Okay. Yep. Yep. So um, what we did. Uh, so we we weren't we weren't going to do Secret Life of Pets that first day or anything. So we we actually went and did the tram tour was the first thing that we did, and we did uh, Jurassic World. We'll get to in in a minute, but uh, probably the park didn't close until ten o'clock that night. And around nine o'clock, Lisa was just going through the Universal app, and Virtual Queue opened for Super Nintendo Land. Okay, we're like shit. Let's get it, and so we grabbed it, and it was like for five minutes from when we grabbed it, and we went downstairs, and that's uh, our first experience was at night, like at nine o'clock, going into that land with no intention of riding the ride or doing anything because the queue was still forever for it. But we're like, let's let's take that chance, let's go on in there, and so we did, and. I think my post in the group was that this arguably is one of the best reveals of a land that I've ever experienced. When you go through that warp tunnel and you come out that other side, you know, the, 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 when you go in the warp tunnel, you feel like you're on the back lot of a movie studio. Uh, there's sound stages all around you. It's in a little corner back behind transformers. So it's the entrance is off kind of by itself. And, and all around you are those sound stages that you go by, uh, on the tram tour. So you go in this green tunnel and you come out the other end and you are in freaking 
you know, Super Mario World. It's unreal. I absolutely how much, love. How much the coin land. did you get? <clears throat> how much coin did I get? How many coins did you get? <laughs> I didn't get any coins because those stupid little bands are like thirty bucks a piece, and uh, the lines to do each of the uh, yeah, you're going to buy a gauntlet for Spider Man. Got it. Uh, <laughs> did you swing so, any web at Super Mario? Did I totally <laughs> blow up the cannon? So he swung I'll, his web at Peach. Uh, okay, we're, well, we're going to understandable. We're going to jump it. We're going to jump ahead a tiny bit. Because I think those experiences are cool. Those mini games, uh, it's a neat idea. But two of the three seem incredibly easy. Like, okay. when you figure out what the timing is to make that shell pop up and hit the, the Koopa uh, on the, on the I don't know if you've seen that one where he marches back and forth and you've got a, there's a shell going back and forth and you hit the pal block and it shoots this green shell up and it knocks him over and you're done. When, especially as you're waiting in line, you know the exact moment you need to hit that, and it makes that animation happen. He falls over, and you're done. You're you're literally waiting about, I think the shortest we well without getting there right at park open. Like during the day, it's like thirty to forty five minute waits for each one of these things for the experience. That's literally about ten seconds if you know what you're doing. That sounds a lot like my sexual prowess. Do you know exactly <laughs> when to hit that, Josh? We go to dinner. I hit it. Ten seconds later, it's over. <laughs> Now the one with the per, the large piranha plant where you're doing the different alarm clocks, I think that one takes Getting a lot more here. skill. <laughs> um, that takes a lot more skill to do that one. And I, from what I've understood, the Bowser Junior battle where it's like a like a real video game experience in there where you're doing it with multiple people, I've heard that's awesome. And you have <laughs> to finish. <laughs> you've got to finish these three other experiences to be, even be able to go inside the Bowser Junior experience. But <laughs> so it, many it jokes. Was, <laughs> It was like you're waiting 45 minutes for each one of these things that, you know, if we had a lot more time or if we just had the desire to do it, it might be fun. <laughs> but my God, it, the payoff just didn't seem worth it. Uh, so we didn't do we didn't do any of those. So I got no coins. Okay. <laughs> but the, the theming of the land, I was blown away by it. Everything is so vertical. It's very high, very tall. So you feel like you're just wrapped in this area. And the, the, you know, you talked about the kinetic energy earlier. This place is just yeah, screaming with it. kinetic energy. There's something going on everywhere. You've got to look at every corner to see everything that's going on. Those piranha plants, I swear, especially the large ones, they move so fluid. And so I would love to see how those things are built, what they're made out of. I wanted to touch it <laughs> to see, like, because they there. move. They move so fast and easy, but they're huge. That and they're all outdoors, like they're exposed so I'm to the make elements a prediction as well. Here. They didn't yeti this. They used lightweight yeah. <laughs> materials instead of exactly. like, yeah, yeah. Instead yeah. of like trying to use muscle, they used finesse. Yeah. How many seven forty sevens is it the equivalent thrust? Of? <laughs> like I feel like there's like a thousand jujitsu instructors that are like, oh, you have failed. <laughs> <laughs> so. First experience. Oh, the, the other the other thing about it is, and this is really more for Hollywood than anything else is, as if anybody has told you that that land is small, it's smaller than what they describe. Okay, it's so tiny and it's so tight. When it's busy in there, you just feel like you are nut to butt with the next person next to you. Tiny, tight, nut to butt. Got it. Oh my god! So I, from what I understand, the you know, and what we've seen, the Florida version is much more like the uh, one in Japan. It's it's quite a bit larger. Uh, there's a whole second level of the one that's being built at Epic Universe. That second level does not exist here. Um, so 
if you're claustrophobic in any way, the one in Hollywood, you just feel uh, like even I was like, this is this is too much for me. And we got out of there pretty darn quick, knowing that we weren't going to ride the rides. There was no reason to, to stick in there too long. So uh, that's not did, exactly a glowing endorsement. <laughs> no, no. The size of the size of in, in Hollywood. <laughs> well, I don't I, I the, you, don't the, like, you don't like being sandwiched in a tight, warm space. No. Uh, unless I'm not, unless I'm, not to butt, unless I'm next to you, Josh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh, well, I guess I we you, get. I know you like it when I sneeze. <laughs> yes, <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to get a big glowing endorsement from me here because uh, we haven't even got to the ride yet. Which, you know, as much as I loved Web Slingers, even after crapping on it from the YouTube videos, uh, after riding Mario Kart, every fear that I had from the YouTube video completely held up. <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's too bad. I did not like this. I did not like this ride at all. So the YouTube at, video actually did capture it. It did. Like everything that we were worried about. The, like the a frenetic disaster that doesn't make any sense. <sighs> How many it, times did you ride it? Once. Okay. Once. Because we got there at Park Open. We did the right thing and got there, like right it open, ran down there, did it. That is the right thing. Had a short wait because by the time we got after, off of it within the first hour, it's up to, you know, three to four hours the entire day. Fuck that. And it ain't worth anything near that. And this, if, if they did what we had talked about and made like a Radiator Springs Racers type version of this, absolutely. Yeah, we but said it had to be a passive experience. That was the only way it was going to work. It got... And, th- and that's one thing that disappoints me. We talked about what this would be like riding with the augmented reality and without it. I did it the way it was supposed to be done the first time. I did it okay. with the augmented reality. We all did. And we all got off of it going, what did we just do? It's too much. It's way too much, especially if you are not a gamer. So out of the four of my group, Lisa doesn't play video games at all. She's never played a Mario game in her life. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you want my me to two- draft up some divorce papers for you? Absolutely. <laughs> I, I, I don't know what so I was thinking. she's never played GTA? God no! <laughs> she's never so watched me. She's she, never she watched have me. The joy of running over a hooker with a, <laughs> a She's never, she's never <laughs> watched me play GTA either, which is a good thing because I stay in one spot for. <laughs> wow, I want to actually start a podcast with her. <laughs> uh, so she and my and my daughters have played, you know, games on their phone and stuff. They're not avid gamers, but the games that they like, the one game they have played in their life is Mario Kart. So we have that on the Switch. That is one that they're familiar with. All of us got off of it, from me being an avid gamer to somebody who's never played to somebody who's mildly played. We all got off with the same thing, going, "What did we just do?" <laughs> that's that's bad. It's bad, man. And and th- so, so basically, th- the the audience, in your opinion, at least, and I, I tend to agree with you based on what I've seen. The audience to which this appeals is no one. I feel that, yes. it's. Yeah, Do you think the ambition problem. was there and they just totally missed the mark? <sighs> yes, yes. So because can I we feel, leave that silence in the show? <laughs> you, please do. Because I'm th- I was trying to think about, like, the ride. The ride, I thought, was okay. okay. Like... The and what I mean by that is take out all the augmented reality. If I'm just looking at this as a simple dark ride, mm-hmm. it's it's okay. The the rooms were very well themed. The the set design was awesome. Um, 
you know, when, when you're going in the underwater level, it looked really cool in there. When it, well, I, I, I have to, I have to qualify this. It looked cool from what I remember. That's okay. what happened with the augmented reality. Is you find yourself so focused on the stupid video game characters in your visor that you're not paying attention to the really th- cool themed sets that are around you. I, I actually remember Lisa. I'm sitting next to Lisa, and she's frantically pushing her buttons and doing her her wheel when we're going to like to the haunted house section. And there's this huge chandelier swinging over your head that I actually grabbed her arm as like, look up because I caught it. I saw mm-hmm. it, but she would have never have seen that if I hadn't alerted her to like, look up at this cool physical effect that's going on above us. Instead, you're so focused on these and it's, it's average gameplay at best. Like the, like the, the graphics are okay. Like, it's not like we're dealing with, with just like- cutting edge animations in front of us. It's kind of crappy video gameplay on top of uh, that you're experiencing. So I mean, you you were talking about the gameplay in Spider-Man, and by all yeah. accounts, from a gamer standpoint, it is still very primitive, right? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's like you you have to have primitive gameplay. And Mario Kart is it's a very accessible video game for the masses, but still, the actual physical gameplay is going to be more complicated than anything they could do in a ride, right? But that's the other thing that we we harped on this at the outset. So, like, it's it's got to be well, passive. Before I, you, th- oh, go ahead, Josh. Go ahead. When I was <laughs> in drunken conversation, one thing that Gary and I have talked about a lot. We I've probably played a thousand hours of video game miniature golf with Gary, and one you of you guys the things, know how to party. Well, does does he I walk actually, the course? I actually <laughs> no. It's uh, you got to ride. <laughs> I think what you might be impressed by is that the degree to which talking about what makes a game good actually relates perfectly to what you're talking about. Because there are many golf games out there that have incredibly good graphics, and they suck. They're, they're literally not worth playing. And there's one game, I think it's called Golf It. It's, <laughs> I think it's like $2 to buy on the Steam store. And the graphics suck, but it's fun. The gameplay is good. And that's the thing that I, I feel like technology has hurt ride attraction designers because it, this is the, the bad side of Rise of the Resistance and other attractions like that. Is that if you want to be if, – if the headline you're trying to make is how impressive it is, it's easy to lose sight of making it actually enjoyable for the people who experience it. And this is just like level two of the extension of the charm idea. Like it's not always about how awesome it is. Sometimes it's just making you feel good. Mm-hmm. And it sounds yeah. to me like they screwed up on all of and, the levels on this one, which is what, kind of what, like the ultimate failure. But but still, like imagine the graphics weren't that impressive. But if it if the gameplay was great, if it if oh. it like they're all the shooting like shooting galleries, like you know, this is a solved problem. Like make it fun. Make it make people giggle that's that's how you get repeatability you can't just do it with you know expensive gpus and spending a big budget you have to actually appeal to the humans who are going to experience this thing or you're done well and part of the thing that just baffles me that this attraction got praised for which i i will say that the best thing about it is the queue was amazing going through bowser's mm-hmm. castle is amazing um the and that all goes back to the people who designed all the sets for each of the show scenes like they did a fantastic job 
I will not say one bad thing about any of that kind of stuff. That was how awesome. was the lighting of it? So like I know that it had to probably be at a certain lighting level for the augmented reality to work. Could you? Was it lit in a way where you could see it if you wanted to and not focus on the uh, augmented reality or no? That's a good question. I yes. Like it. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Okay. If I if I had taken that visor off halfway through, I would have liked this ride a hell of a lot more. Okay. And just it, Whoa, like this. That's wow. Yeah, that's like, no, no, this this was <laughs> this would have been a much this should have been if they were going to go with this kind of ride, it should have just been a straight up. Fantasyland like style best dark of, ride. Best of Mario ride. Yep, there should have been so, audio. There, like, uh, I would have enjoyed it more if you it, shoot from Mickey and Minnie's Runaway Railway. You know how Mickey and Minnie pull up on the car next to you. They should have done that with Mario, like AAs of Mario and Bowser pulling up next to you at different times mm-hmm. in the show scene. That's how you should have experienced this, not through a video game lens. If that's yeah. the kind of ride they wanted to do, that's. I would have loved this ride more than that. And I want to ride this again without the visor. I want to ride it without playing the game. That's how I want to experience this the next time. That being said, uh, <laughs> the the thing I was getting to before there so was... Do you th- would you go as far as to say that they spent more money to make it worse? Yeah, totally. Good work, totally. guys. Totally. <laughs> High five, <job>. team. <laughs> yeah. And so w- one of the things that... that uh, Again, kind of go back. It baffles me that people like thought this was a great idea and, and kind of praise the ride. There is two like holding rooms in the cube that, that are kind of their pre-shows before you go into the loading area. And the first one is... Did you just call it the cube as opposed he to did. the cube? He did. I was really thinking that I had drank too much, but I, I might feel have. much better now that it's the cube. There I was. There I was the in the cube. Uh, so you, you've probably seen the photos of the one scene where it looks like a locker room where it has all their racing outfits. Uh, it's sure, cute. Yeah. It looks neat. Then you go into the next room, and that's where you get the instructions on how to play the game. The thing is, there are no words spoken in this room at all. It's all done through animation and visual. It visually tells you how to do this stuff, but doesn't explain anything. And like, I guess people were saying, one, that's how it's done in the games. There's no speaking in the games uh, when, when you're learning how to play. But there is text that shows up on the screen to tell you how to do stuff. Um, and the other, I guess, was like they're saying this this helps with the language barrier since there's uh, yeah. uh, people from all over the world wanting to ride this. And, and if it's done in English, then people wouldn't understand it from other languages. Uh, you know what? And why this screams to me as an issue was I thought I knew how to play the game based on what I was watching. Yeah. (laughs) Halfway through the game, I didn't realize that you don't have unlimited shells on the game. Okay. You have to go through the little uh, object boxes to get reloaded with shells. I would have liked to have known that from the get-go. Otherwise, I wouldn't have been shooting shells like a maniac in the first room and then find myself for like 30 seconds not being able to do anything because I'm out of ammunition. Counterpoint, no- this creates rewritability. <laughs> you know what, though? I didn't get off it going, let's go ride that again. <laughs> okay, that's a fair, fair rebuttal. <laughs> I got, Point I got, taken. I got off of it going, I I'll guess I'll remember that next time I do it, but we were there for two and a half days and, and did it one time, whereas... Secret Life so the, of Pets. The, Secret, the problem uh, is it isn't fun. Yeah, I didn't. You know, no, it's not. Yeah, and that's the problem. You that know, sucks. The the imagine kind of the, imagine being giving a hundred million dollars to create something. People do it like, oh, I don't like it. Well, <laughs> you failed. That's, that's kind of the crazy part. That like while I made my wife happy today for eight cents. <laughs> like I'm the best <laughs> imaginer ever. 
while this ride was being designed and developed, really coincided with another team at Universal that was building something at the upper lot that was absolutely stunning and amazing, and it's not that different of a ride system, was the Secret Life of Pets. Whatever we saw from those ride videos and whatever we said about Secret Life of Pets doesn't do it justice to how awesome that dark ride is. And that was one that we did four or five times. And that one was one that if it had an hour to, luckily we got virtual queue like every time for it. But if it had an hour wait, two hour wait, and that was my only way to do it, no problem. I'll go wait in that line all day long to ride that ride because it was so much fun. And it goes a it's probably slower than Mario Kart. It might be about the same speed, but it just pulls off everything so much better than, than that ride down at the uh, lower lot. And, you know, it was one that kind of just got snuck through. That that wasn't one that was hyped up around the world. It wasn't something like, I just remember like, it, that was the classic universal, like, you know, they're building something, but not saying what they're building. And then all of a sudden yeah. one day there's a secret life of pet sign on the, on the outside of it. Um, my God, it, it was kind of like web slingers getting off of it going, man, like, how do we get this in, in Florida? Where can we, can this go in Epic universe? Can this go in kids zone? It needs to be seen in more places. Cause it was so much fun. I think we run into expectations on a lot of things, the pleasant surprises on a lot of things where if you overhype something, it's very hard to deliver on that. I mean, absolutely trying this to come up with, I couldn't possibly agree more. The last Disney attraction that was hyped to a certain level that I think lived up to that hype was Rise of the Resistance. But similarly, like Smuggler's Run was also hyped pretty substantially and was the anchor of the land when it opened and that just got shat upon. So when you have those types of expectations that you can't meet, it's harder to be satisfied. And when you're going to something like a Secret Life of Pets attraction that doesn't get the press. I don't know that I saw a single advertisement for that, and I understand we're on the wrong coast. Excuse me. But, I mean, we watched it East again. Coast time sucks. I was going to say we're actually on the East Coast. Um, <laughs> the uh, When we watched the YouTube video of it, I think collectively we were like, this is this is a pretty good uh, pretty good dark ride. And I think my, my comment was, this is a lousy theme, but well execution, a good execution and a lousy theme. And it sounds like even... That's an understatement, uh, if what I'm hearing from Ben is correct. Um, I, I think yeah, – I'm no sorry. No, I, was, I, I think you're exactly right. I, I remember to this day the feeling I had when I rode Journey into Imagination the first time and went into the carousel where the Dreamfinder and his flying machine was there. It was unbelievable mm-hmm. because I'd never seen it before. I didn't know what to expect. I had mm-hmm. no expectations whatsoever. So, And it was awesome. And you also weren't forty and jaded, but yeah, true. That's fair. <laughs> I, I no, I, I actually think that's a fair point. But at the same time, there's something to be said for surprise. Yeah, and completely. the internet, while it has created tremendous opportunity for virtually every industry, it also, I think that it makes storytelling very difficult. If it, what you want to do is, uh, you, you know, do something unexpected, because everybody's going to see it. The problem I have with Disney as a company is that instead of <laughs> hedging against that, they, they've leaned into it. You know, they create these incredible expectations and then take a decade to under deliver. <laughs> and that is, that is not the way to create sentiment or not a right. positive sentiment. Anyway, when you're hyping something like Tron for six years and <laughs> 
people don't understand that first off it exists elsewhere in the world (laughs) and you know exactly what the ride is and it takes six years to build a 60 second roller coaster uh you're going to disappoint a lot of people that's one year per second yep (laughs) i don't think that's (laughs) correct but okay (laughs) that's probably wrong i'm not okay (laughs) i'm too deep into the tax season for me to really understand how math works anymore (laughs) can you uh, depreciate my answer to where it's correct (laughs) My hope out of all this is that somebody from Disney goes and rides this mm-hmm. and realizes that they make better dark rides than Disney does right now. That's on. I mean, th- as far as like, I don't count um, Rise of the Resistance as a dark ride. Some will call that a dark ride, but I'm talking about like straight up like a fantasy land dark ride. Well, I mean, they make like compare this to like the Little Mermaid. Holy crap. Little I mean, Mermaid's Runaway Railway and Ratatouille are the comps, I would think. And they probably cost twice as much as what yeah. uh, what this cost. Rise so. is not a dark ride. And quite frankly, Little Mermaid, when they opened it, wasn't a dark ride either because they seemed to forget <laughs> the dark part. Like Minor details. You, you missed the one thing that makes this work. <laughs> Come on, people. People. Come on, so, people. <laughs> so very positive reviews of um, Secret Life of Pets. It, it, one of, one of Josh, my complaints is the yeah, same right. thing that I say about Universal all the time is that it does have a height requirement, but by all accounts, so it yeah. seems like this is a this is a great attraction. How long is it? Several minutes. It's a long dark ride. Okay, you get you get your money's worth with it. And Josh, you saying about the Dreamfinder and, and imagination and seeing like something you had never seen before that triggered me to think about the queue on this ride. And how it's like you're going through the New York apartments uh, from the characters in the movie. There's no switchbacks. There's no railings. You walk down hallways. You walk into kitchens. You walk into living rooms. Love you it. walk into bedrooms. Yeah. And the coolest thing on it, this is, and this is, if I was a kid, this is what would blow my mind and and make me fall in love with this ride and maybe fall in love with maybe become an Imagineer one day. Was how close you are to those audio animatronics in that queue. You yeah, can cool. reach out and touch these full, you know, we've seen them on rides before, but you're, there's barriers, there's lap bars, there's distance. Right. You literally can just reach out and touch these characters. They're that close. You can sit there and study, like, how do they do it? Um, it would, it, it blew my mind and I'm freaking 43. I couldn't imagine what it'd be like for a kid going on this for the first time and being that close and just triggering their imagination. So, uh, that's this cool. Is awesome. I mean, that's the stuff so I like cool. to hear. That that's, I think that's what these guys need to be doing. I'm hoping that this finds its way to Florida. I don't know when I'll be back into Universal Hollywood, so uh, it's something that I would absolutely love to see in Florida. I'm hoping it finds its way into my little park. Uh, you know, it could, thirty yeah. minutes coming from here. <laughs> <laughs> I can't wait. I don't care if it's a kids' park. I'll be there, creeping every day. <laughs> so what else at um, you cut that out of the show, right? <laughs> what, what else at uh, Universal Hollywood did you, uh, uh, did you backlot tour? Those? We did like six times in three days. Okay. I just how pictured the, how do the girls Ben's, like that? Ben's van in the parking lot. They loved it. My youngest absolutely loved it. I mean, it's this. It would not shock me if this triggers her to want to get into like the film television industry. It, it, like she walked away really with cool. an appreciation on how this stuff is done. That it did what I hoped. Like she, she had shown an interest in it, wanted to see how this worked. That was the reason for going out here. Wanted to see Hollywood. Wanted to see the, the behind the scenes, and it did exactly that. So as much as she liked 
the Jaws or King Kong. What she liked more was going by Jordan Pills Bungalow. Uh, okay. Was you know they they had uh, residential streets uh, where Wisteria Lane is and, and where the Munsters house is. That was all blocked off, and they're like, "This is a hot set. Uh, we can't tell you anything down there. We can't go down there. Uh, it's a hot set. All we can tell you they're filming is something that's an upcoming Christmas movie." Okay. And so we're like, okay, that's kind of cool. And then like days after we got back, they made the announcement that Jordan Peele, his new upcoming film is coming out on Christmas Day 2024. Okay. So they're calling it a Christmas said, movie and it's going to be Nightmare Fuel? We don't know, but we're sitting there like, did we just see them filming Jordan Peele's new movie? Which yeah. just blew her mind again. Like she, I, I, I let her watch, I let her watch Nope. Before we came here, mainly because they added that whole section to the back lot. They added a new sets from the movie Nope. And she wanted to watch a horror movie. If you've seen it, you know, it's it's intense, but it's not over the top horror. It's it's more sci fi than anything else. But uh, you got, you know, I, I wanted her to watch a film and then be able to go on the set from that film because I thought it'd be pretty cool. So mm-hmm. within that, she kind of became obsessed with, you know, Jordan Peele and the director and this and that. And so. Yeah, she got to see all that stuff, and it did exactly what we wanted it to do and just triggered her imagination. And, uh, you know, we come back, she's like, I want a script writing book. I want to write a movie. I'm like, go for it, kid. Let's do it. So yeah. that park, it's just so underrated. There's not a, you know, a ton to do. They're getting better at it. I think, uh, you know, there's rumors of Donkey Kong being added to Nintendo. Oh, my God. We haven't even talked about Jurassic World and the updates they did there. The, the, uh, the new final scene with the uh, God, what's the, the the name of the dinosaur? I've just gone blank. The Steve, uh, <laughs> Steve the dinosaur, Steve the dinosaur, the uh, I want to call it Carnotaurus, Indom- Indominus Rex, <laughs> and the Indominus Rex. That scene is freaking unreal. At the top of that, it comes out, it leans over you, it's you know gets right on top of your ride. When the Tyrannosaurus Rex comes up uh, next to it to have their little battle before you do the drop. It's a, it it's made a ride that's been around for what twenty plus years into a must do e ticket all over again. I, I, I we maybe have talked a little bit about should they do this update to to Florida? Uh, obviously, they have kind of the part that's the old Jurassic Park, and then with Velocicoaster, it's Jurassic World on half of it. Yeah, there is they absolutely need to shut this thing down tomorrow and do these updates because it's it's worth it. And it just makes that ride. I, I like Jurassic Park. We always do it, but it makes I'm it a from fan, a, yeah. yeah, it goes from a, hey, this is fun to do to a, we have to do this every time we're here. Uh, can't say enough good things about that ride. My God, that, that it's so cool. So it's interesting, that, the way that you phrase that, this goes back to something we talked about with the Animal Kingdom, like updating Dinosaur, replacing Primeval World, those sorts of things. There is value in replacing things that are still good, as long as it's an upgrade. Yeah. Now, over at uh, Islands of Adventure, I don't know that I've ever waited in the last 10 years more than one boat ride to get on yeah. the Jurassic Park ride. So, yeah. I mean, if you want to – and it's probably an e-ticket. Like, the, yeah. y- y- you look at it and, yes, it's it's not the most modern version of that attraction. The animatronics are, are dated. They're basically from the uh, origins of that park. But – by all accounts, it's an e-ticket in the same way that, say, Dinosaur is an e-ticket. And, yeah, it could stand to see an upgrade like that because if it's just another draw in that park that really it isn't one right now, it's a high high enough capacity attraction that 
drawing people to it would really help spread out the crowds that much more in a park that is already pretty yep. well populated with great rides. Yep. Yeah, it was great. We had a great time at Universal, man. And all right, like I said, we have season passes for uh, nine months, so who knows? We might try to squeeze in one more trip while we're out there. <laughs> Any other takeaways from your trip? Uh, let's see. Uh, no. I'm just going to string away and string together all the uh-hos. <laughs> uh, 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 I'll throw in a Jim Hill one at the end as well. See if you can catch that. Huh? What? Uh, I will say it does feel like we did three days at Disneyland. Oh, that was one deal that we did there. We, we That first half day at Universal, we got so much of that park done outside of Nintendo and Secret Life of Pets that we initially were only doing two days, two days at Disneyland and we were mm-hmm. going to do like three and a half at Universal. We got back to the room that night and we were like, nah, let's, uh, let's see if we can tack on an extra day at Disneyland, which we were able to switch our hotel rooms up a little bit and get that third day at Disneyland. Cause we, we just killed Universal. And then those two full days we went back, we did everything, you know, outside of Mario Kart as much as we wanted to do. So without express pass, we didn't need express pass at all, which was nice. That helps too. So, but that being said, it felt like three days at Disneyland, like in the parks with the food, the cost of everything was like the same. Like I spent as much in those three days as I spend like on a 10 day trip at Disney World. I'm sure that math doesn't add up at all, but it got it just feels so expensive out there. Everything has a higher price point. And, yeah, you know, going from cheap. just, you know, the food, the merch to the, you know, right off the bat, Genie Plus being you know, $5 more per person per day than what we're typically doing in Florida. So it, even though it feels like you can go for a shorter amount of time. Do you ever think seem, you maybe just had to, too many kids? Without a doubt. No doubt there. Um, I haven't but, done Disneyland with people in probably seven, eight years. So yeah. it's been solo trips to the cost. I don't, I don't see it. I don't feel it as much as you are with four. Uh, you will. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. will but yeah you sometimes you can think like oh we can go to disneyland for a quick weekend trip it'd be a lot cheaper now i do think you end up spending just about the same amount of money and I, they probably realize that <laughs> let's yeah. raise the prices on all this stuff to kind of not make it easy for people to make that choice and you're you know you can do seven out here or three out here we're still going to get pretty much the same price point out of you yeah yeah um, all right, I think that's going to wrap this episode of the Marty Called Podcast. If you have any questions or topic ideas, we will ignore them, but you can email them to us at martycalledgmail.com. You can also follow us on Twitter under the username at Marty Called or join in on the discussions in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Marty Called. Ben, you were recently on an episode of the Tomorrow Society Podcast. Where else can we find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at backside underscore water. And if you join our Facebook uh, chat group, just don't use the C word, Okay. Yeah, that would be helpful. And, uh, oh, wait, wait, wait. Were there some problems that I'm not aware of? <laughs> oh, yeah. oh, yes, there were. Oh, see, I'm, I'm just a peaceful man. Oh, <laughs> Josh, God. where can we find you online? I'm not. <laughs> just leave me alone. You can find him touring Amish country. Uh, exactly. I'll be churning butter at the, uh, <laughs> at the Amish fest on Saturday. If you don't know where it is, if you need to ask, you're not invited. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter under the username at Inferno Barge uh, uh, for Josh uh, and anybody else that's Inferno Barge with one O. Uh, I am also starting. <laughs> All a- right, that's funny. 
<laughs> I'm also starting a nude pod, a nude podcast, also a new podcast, but we yes. will be naked when we're recording it uh, with one Gary Hall, and uh, you can expect that first episode to drop this week. It is called Park Cheese Lounge. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a good one. I'm so aroused. You can listen to me and Josh on Two Guys, One Popcorn Bucket. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> Don't judge me. together together we swim together together we swim together that's my dad that's my son together We swim together.